Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Cow Corner, the brand new cricket podcast coming from two corners of the globe to provide you with an in-depth breakdown of everything from the good, bad, ugly and uglier of English cricket. We've just had the bubble test and we're here to discuss what went wrong and what went right for England. I'm Dan. And I'm Glenn. And we are on, you know, fairly even terms with what the cricket we've watched. I mean, Glenn, you're you're over in Wyoming and you are, you know, probably the only man in the whole state watching this, but... Yes, yeah, currently the Wyoming uh, Test Cricket Club is is formed of just me. Um, I did actually bring my bat um, on a plane, so I'm reasonably confident that I'm the only person in the state with a cricket bat and an actual ball. You know, it's 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 a bit of an old ball, a bit of a shine on it, um, which no one would hear would understand. Um, I mean, that would go straight over so many people's heads. I know, it's a shame. Well, the thing is... Um, Obviously, football, soccer, as unfortunately it's called here, there's been a transition between between, you know, the UK and US. And that's reasonably popular here, like the EPL, as they call it, which oh, are the, the EPL. Um, and PKs, you know, they're, oh. they're all in fashion here. But cricket is is yet to, although obviously with the um, with the Caribbean um, T20 League, there are some games. They, there were some mm. games. Florida, which is very interesting, but you know that hasn't quite reached the um, the depths of the Mountain West so far. Um, well, let's hope that this podcast can open up the listeners of Wyoming to the beauty of cricket. And uh, <laughs> I'm over here in England, and you know it's fairly popular here. We all know what's going on there. Um, right, we're going to sit and talk about the test that just happened. Uh, finished two days ago now. Quite poetically, actually, we're here recording today, exactly a year after England won the World Cup. Um, Watching some of that back today was kind of emotional, really. I've, 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 I don't think I've ever sp- experienced a sporting day like that. I, I still get goosebumps. Dan and I, we were, we were lucky enough to get a few friends over to, uh, to my house. We, we were lucky enough to get a few friends for stuff. That was, it was our entire friend circle. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of those just special days, which I will never forget. It, you know, it had everything at the highs, the lows, the super over. 
Um, I remember we ended up in the in the pub afterwards, and I think we were the only people in the pub who, who had watched the game, and we, people were slightly concerned. Yeah, we were all over a pint looking a bit shell-shocked, and people wondered what had gone on, uh, really. <laughs> maybe because that crazy Wimbledon final was that day as well. Maybe they all thought we were real big tennis fans. Um, but yeah, so a year today, and this year, um, a quite incredible test match for so many reasons. Uh, obviously, uh, the conditions, the bubble test... Um, and if we, if we just start with sort of how it felt, um, the day one was strange. It was obviously a lot of rain involved, but the whole five days, I think I managed to forget about it and just really enjoy the cricket. No, absolutely. I think that was the that was a classic irony of English cricket, right? We we have a we have a beautiful summer. We spend five six weeks um, preparing for a for a really unique test in the in the scenario. And of course, what spoils it? It isn't necessarily a pandemic. It is the great British weather. Um, so that was always funny to see. For you, you just can't escape it. But, the CMS um, listeners texting in were just ready for that. They were absolutely <laughs> braced. Um, yeah, no, saying nothing new here. Um, yeah, I mean, credit to the ECB for what they've done to put this on. I think um, we kind of stand out in that um, as a nation. I think with, our, with the football getting going as well, obviously we're not, we're not alone in, in getting our football going again, but um, getting our cricket going picking the ground sensibly and then I think huge credit to the West Indies for coming over here right you know that they could have happily stayed most of them are, are Bayesians F and Barbados where I think they might have had you know a handful of cases let alone any deaths and they've decided to, to come out of their way and come over to the UK yeah and they obviously as you said that they've been here a while and that actually showed you know they've had they've actually had more preparation than England and they were playing um uh, Intra, intra West Indies games so they were playing um, A team B team basically before the test started which England didn't really get a chance to do and it felt like the bowlers especially as we'll get on to discuss were almost more acclimatized to the conditions and you could see that their preparation was excellent and they made that personal sacrifice you know again it is a pandemic they're away from their families the majority of the players um, but they turned up and it was just it was just a classic it was a vintage test and it was an excellent performance from the from the West Indies. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, credit to everyone who got involved in getting this test on the on, on and um, getting us a bit distracted again by the cricket, which is great. So we'll sort of leave the, the COVID stuff there and, and get to the cricket on the field. Uh, yeah. The West Indies won by four wickets um, in a game that's played over. Like I said, it, it rained on day one, so it had about four and a half days um, of great, compelling cricket. It, it, was, it was a classic test match. It had peaks and troughs of pace. It had um you know lulls but battles that were fascinating between bowler and batsman uh England bowled out for 204 in the first innings after Stokes which will come to uh as captain and his decision to bat first under yeah. incredibly grey skies uh we'll come to that uh West Indies in the second innings got themselves a lead of over 100 which was which was pretty huge and put them in the driver's seat for the remainder of the test by maybe a couple of bits on day four and day five uh, England putting on 300 plus in the third innings should have been a lot. Again, we'll come to all this. Should have been a lot more. And then West Indies uh, on what was a beautifully set up day five, chasing down uh, exactly 200 with with plenty of time left. Um, so that was the state of the affairs. West Indies got one that up in the se- in the series with, with two games at Old Trafford to play. Let's start with Ben Stokes, his first game as captain. Um, Glenn, what did you what did you think of his performance as a captain, leaving out his bowling and batting so far? Well, I think the the major talking point is that decision to to bat first in conditions 
that most people, I think it's fair to say, most fans um, were were nervous about, rightfully so. Um, I think the West Indies have got a really excellent, aggressive bowling unit. They've got a lot of pace, um, and they've really worked the conditions. And I think that might have showed some naivety. I guess the aim would have been to get a big score, bat the West Indies out of the game, put the pressure on as the home nation. But, you know, when the, when the conditions are such as they were, it, it just feels... Um, uh, we've got hindsight, but it does feel like the wrong mm. decision. And the problem with that is that really dictated the rest of the game because we were on the back foot. We got such a poor total. I mean, what Stokes himself um, had the top score with 43. And we've had issues, right, with batting. Um, England have had been notorious the last couple of years for openers, you know, the top four or five. We've really been struggling for consistency. And this didn't help that. This batting performance really showed where we were weak. We Every single time we got the start, Burns 30, you know, um, Butler 35. Um, but then you're looking at Best with 31 um, coming up as the third highest scorer, which shouldn't really be the case. I mean, where where are the top four here? Um, it was deeply frustrating. Um, I, I liked how he how he did take responsibility as a positive. You know, he, he, he led with the bat and he was really positive with the ball. Um, but that decision, really, the decision to bat first really um, swayed the test, I think. Yeah, it was so interesting when when he when he did call it because it was you know late on day one then um, sort of warm muggy day as well you think for oh, that's you put sending your batsmen out to the Lions there but um, I'm sure this might have been a a team decision with the rest of the hierarchy so yeah. maybe Root would have done the same decision any captain might have made the same decision with the people around him um, and Nasser Sain said in his sort of reflection on the game that. Let's take um, let's take the the coin toss uh, coin toss coin toss out of it, and let's take the broad decision out of it, and let's just say they didn't get enough runs in the first innings, which is simple as that. I agree, and you mentioned it. That's what's going to come to the broad decision. Um, that obviously was the biggest talking point, especially with the rain on the first day. Um, a lot of people took issue with broad being left out of the side. Um, Dan, can you can you see it being justifiable here? The more I think about it and the more that it kind of started to escalate over the week, the less it makes sense to me, um, especially looking at what we've got coming up at Old Trafford. Um, right. Old Trafford's a traditionally bouncy, fast wicket. If you're going to play Archer and Wood together, you play them at Old Trafford and you rest one of them for this test. Now, their decision to bat first was that the, four, the batting fourth on that wicket would be tricky because it's going to deteriorate, right? Um, which it really didn't that much. It, it looked fairly okay to bat on, on day four, as day, as, on day five, as day five pitches go. So if you're going to play broad, play him in this test uh, and then rest him for one of the Old Trafford tests. Um, and his sort of quite impassioned interview on Sky, I think it was on day three, might have been day four, um, has kind of forced the hand of the selectors now to probably bring him back in for Old Trafford where maybe he wouldn't actually be the best fit. I agree. What do you think about the that interview? Did you? I, I like the passion. Um, obviously I like that, the honesty. I like the honesty. I think it was refreshing. Um, if he had just kind of shrugged his shoulders, you know, he's a senior player in the side, right? Him and Anderson. Mm-hmm. He had been the bowling unit for many years now. And I loved how he was still really raring to go. He was angry. He was disappointed, as I think he should have been. And if you look at the figures, I mean, Wood only got two wickets um, over both the innings. And I mean... Mm-hmm. He, he had good spells. He bowled well at time. I'm a big fan of Wood. I love his pace. He seems, you know, like a really good person to have around the dressing room. 
Um, as same with Archer, you know, he really does offer something different. But them in tandem on this pitch, again, we have hindsight. But even before we knew the result, even on that first day, there was a lot of speculation that maybe it had been a misstep um, by the by the management. And I think I think that was justified. I think I think that criticism of the decision really really came through when we just when you especially when you compared our bowling um, to the West Indies. I mean, you're looking at Holder and Gabriel getting all the wickets between them in that first innings and just really tearing England away. And I can see it being that pitch that Broad could have got four, five yep. in the first innings and a couple more in the second. Um, it was disappointing. Uh, and I think he've, he's, uh, the passion from the speech is so interesting. I find England cricketers so media trained and really quite boring to listen to. Um, 95% of the time, you know, maybe the end of the World Cup um, and the end of that uh, amazing Ashes test at Headingley were a bit different because of the sort of emotion running through it. But any sort of, you know, normal game, win or loss, geez, they are boring to listen to. Yeah. And to hear Broad midway through a test, by the way, um, come out like this, it was, was fascinating. And um, maybe it's the fact they're in the bubble and they, you know, they perhaps feel a little bit less like it's normal and they don't have to react as normal because yeah. of the, the current situation. Uh, maybe that's where it came from. But yeah, I totally agree. I think if uh, brought it the most wickets in South Africa and imagine if, you know, come the first test of the English summer, they, they dropped the highest run getter at the last Absolutely. series. It would be unheard of. So, yeah, I think it's easy to reflect on now. Right. And I think that's what everybody's doing. And there's so much more that could happen in the game that doesn't affect him. But just sort of set off a bit of a strange tone. I think the the, the dropping abroad and, and the choice to, to bat first. Just put us on the back foot slightly, maybe. I, I don't know. I was. I mean, we're not in the dressing room, but just from a fan's perspective, I think that's what everyone kind of felt. I agree. I think it really opened the door to that to that criticism from the get go, right? We didn't we didn't go into that um, into that first day, as you said, especially into the second day, with you know fans behind us, with you know, it, you know, the social media age makes it frustrating for for any person trying to manage a sports team or even a player. Um, we saw Archer. Um, getting into an argument with Tino Best. Um, oh, yeah, the bit of juicy Twitter content. Yeah, and you could see all these tensions flared from this decision, um, you know, to bring Broaden. And there is more to it, of course. People are always going always gonna to critique decisions. But as you said, it just feels like it was two missteps in a row. It was, you know, right. as you, it was broad, it was batting, and then suddenly, you know, we're all out for 204, which isn't good enough um, when, we're, when we're batting first on, on our home soil. And I, I just don't know if these kind of questions then run through the players' heads of like, oh, why after the bowling out of, of two, for 204, you know, why did we bat first? Why isn't why isn't Broad here when you see Holder who who barely touches 80 mile an hour, um, moving the ball around and getting himself six wickets? Um, yeah. That's Broad's probably a slightly bit quicker than that, but he's the same kind of idea, line and length. Um, and he'd have been perfect for those conditions. And as fast as Wood bowls, I think he topped 95 mile an hour, which is which is absurd, especially for an English bowler. Um, yes. it just felt like our attack was a little bit one-dimensional. Jimmy didn't have himself a, a stellar test. He didn't bowl badly at all, but he didn't he didn't have one of his tests. I think he yes. got three wickets in the first and none in the second. He's good control, but, you know, Archer and Wood just didn't quite do enough in that first innings. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, we, we'll get to it. The the, uh, the West Indies second innings. I love that fight from from Archer. He really showed why he was in the team, and I did appreciate that bounce back. But to be honest, as a team, it was too little, too late. Mm-hmm. Um, onto the batting down. What do you think? So oh, just I love talking about the English batting lineup. We could complain all day. We'll, we'll, oh, 
we'll try and be um critical with some with some positive suggestions but honestly this this scorecard so burns this is the first innings mm-hmm. burns 30 sibley none denley as usual seems to be the recurring villain of the piece he got oh. 18 Crawley 10 and then you're into your middle order then it's stokes who did get 43 and then down into the into the into the all-rounders and the bowlers what do you think have you seen a weaker top four in your memory than burns sibley denley crawley yes oh definitely um if if the top four features keaton jennings or gary balance <laughs> i i'm i'm checked out of the whole test match so i don't think it's the weakest we've ever shown good answer it's a, it's a top four that eats up deliveries whilst not particularly getting themselves away quickly and that's you know you're gonna have a ball with your name on it um the ball that got sibley out was a great ball and he's just shouldered arms to one that has nipped back a hell of a long way it was it was good wasn't it, it? Was i mean that's... delivery um I, I I really like all of them actually, and I, it sounds like perhaps you think differently. What what are your thoughts on that top four? I I'm going to say I like them. It's not our worst. They chew up a lot of deliveries. Go on. Um. Yeah. You you know it was. Yeah. I I think I'm going to agree with you to an extent there. Um. The try. I I just feel like we do need a linchpin, which would be root. Um. You know, and will be for the next test. Who does just have that extra bit of experience? I am a big fan of Burns. Um, I really like his style. I think he shows grit. He shows resolve. Um, we've seen that over the last couple of um, test matches before this one. You know, he can bat long and he can really get in and, and do a, you know, an Andrew Strauss or Alistair Cook and really just hit those hit those balls and wait for the bad one. I like him a lot. Denley will be the will be the, the talking point again. Sibley and Crawley, I, I want to obviously give them more time. I think they're both very talented. I just think as a four on paper it just didn't feel like yeah. the best england has got to offer but again met, that goes down to root not playing i think that's it i think it's the missing missing root missing that all-star in your top four um i i honestly think burns sibley and crawley could be in the test team for years to come i think they've got a lot about them um i like how we're not do, do you remember sort of 2013 14 time I can't remember the exact makeup of our top four, but Strauss was gone. It was Cook and whichever opener they decided to 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 reel in from county cricket. Yeah, <laughs> you know, your Robsons, your Jennings of the world, um, and we'd be sort of twenty-eight for three at the, at the start yeah. of every match, and we're, we're not we're we're not that anymore, which is great. Uh, we're sort of we'll get they've had a couple fifty partnerships, Burns and Sibley already, which is great. Denley will come. I love Joe Denley, but he's got to go, right? He has he averages 29, and I think he's literally made 29 in every test innings he's ever had. That's what it feels like anyway. That is exactly what he's I was going to He's so funny. Say. He's so funny, but his time's up now, right? It's got to be. We, we, I feel like we've tried everything with him. We've given him a bit of room. We've rotated him into a few different spots. Like, the problem is, and this is why, we, why the selectors are stuck to him, Dan, is because it's always a classy 29. He plays beautifully. Yeah. He's like a he, lovely organised batsman, isn't he? He's great to watch. That, that you know, he he really bats with confidence until he's out, and it's yeah. always them. He's always yeah. looking just serene. He's playing his shots. Boundaries. He gets bold. Then he gets yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, Gabriel cleared him up in the in the first innings, um, and then he got done in by Chase in the second. Yeah, getting get away in that one, and I, I feel like. Um, the first his first dismissal was a good delivery, but he is so susceptible to the ball that comes back in. Um, I think against Australia, he got cleaned up quite a few times. 
And then I felt like his second innings dismissal was really quite sad because I think he knew this was his last chance. He ground his way again to that sort of mid-twenties number and yeah. then just just gave his wicket away and just chipped the ball up to, I think it was mid-wicket. And I feel for him because he's done what an England number three hasn't done for a while and, and say it's like eat up some deliveries, um, which is great, and sort of take away that new ball shine for four, five and six to come in. What I don't think has happened is four, five and six have not actually done that much with what Denley's provided for them which makes right. his innings look a lot worse um but yeah he hasn't got the score and you need a score to stay in this team pretty much unfortunately moving down the order yep I, I agree with you on Sibley and Crawley I think we can just 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 keep keep plugging Sorry, away with those. so we're saying we're saying Crawley up to three for the next test and Root will will come in at four and he as much as he hates number three for whatever reason that will that will be him at four I think so. I think that makes the most sense. I think I think Denley, the selectors are probably glad at this point that Denley perhaps didn't get 150 because it's a quite an open shut case. It, it yeah, really you had Crawley's second innings 76, whatever it was, was pretty classy actually, and he he looked the part. Yes, absolutely. So if that's the the especially for the rest of this series, I would say the next two tests that's the top floor for hopefully mm-hmm. in. Stokes obviously doing doing wonderfully down at five. He always looks like he's ready. Again, he does have a tendency to to get frustrated because that is the player he is. He got he, he got really restless in both innings. Um, the West Indies bowled so tight that he couldn't really. He had periods where he wasn't scoring quickly, and his second innings dismissal was especially frustrating because him and Crawley were going along so nicely, and Holder who got him out twice, which is a really interesting battle coming up between the two. They were both all-rounders, captains in this test, and he won't be the captain in the next test, but uh, Holder got him out twice, and he's got a bit restless and started moving around his crease, and then all of a sudden he's out, and that, slight, I don't want to say exposes Pope, because Ollie Pope looks really, really good, but I don't know, it seems to send a sort of shaky message to the rest of the order. It does, and the problem is Pope and Butler can we rely on them i just feel like pope i'm pretty locked in on i don't know about you i like him a lot i i think again and you know he can keep and that's a massive positive but um i guess you're saying there dan that butler have you run out of patience with butler in this oh testing? my goodness me uh joss butler and it's it sucks because he's like so he's one of our greatest ever white ball players right absolutely and you know he was the man who a year ago today demolished martin guptill's stumps and we won the world cup <laughs> But unfortunately, he is just not a Red Bull cricketer and we've given him too many chances now. What kind of sucks is he's vice captain. So he won't be vice captain for the next test because of Root coming back in. So maybe that gives him room to drop him. But he is kind of up there in the England seniority. So how are we going to manoeuvre him out of the team? Um, yeah, and just an article that came out a couple of hours ago um, from The Guardian says that England are going to keep, face with, uh, keep faith with Butler. They are. Uh, Interesting. And- Coach Silverwood has said that he needs to make those big scores. I think that is, you know, quite obvious at this point. Um, but yeah, he's he's so dominant in 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 one day cricket. But as we've seen, um, that doesn't always translate to the Test game. Even if you know he's trying to be patient, but it doesn't. It isn't it's just a copy and paste. We've seen that with Jason Roy. You know what a disaster that was. Yeah. He's, oh my gosh. That, see, that brings back terrible oh. flashbacks of last summer. So that's why Burns and Sibley look. I know. Safe houses I, there, you know. Was I was there for um, a day of the Island Test and a day <laughs> I was lucky enough to be there for a day of the Ashes. And both times, Roy got out. He just he, he absolutely um, you know swung for what he actually just swung for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
bought one, bought the other. So I think you're right. We don't. I don't see Butler having that mentality. I do feel that he's trying. He did get the yeah. first he innings. Did, but... He does dig, but he always looks like he's really chasing and really I... working for every run. There's no fluency to his game in the Red Bull in, in Red Bull cricket. And yeah. it's frustrating to see your wicketkeeper that you know can do these amazing things come in and, and just sort of scratch 12 or 13 and then get himself bowled. Um, do you think um, do you think that folks is is making the is making the case to be brought back he's, in? Who, he has he, to be next in line, right? He has to be next in line. He's already got test caps. He's got a test hundred in Sri Lanka. So to do that away from home is pretty big, in my opinion. Different conditions, obviously, to what you'll get in England. Uh, but yeah, he has to be next in line. Um, James Bracey apparently wicket keeps, and he played in the intra squad game and got I don't know a score. I think above fifty. So I, I don't know much about him, to be honest. I only heard on TMS over the coverage that he does actually keep as well. So maybe he's in there. I don't know. But yeah, folks has to be next. Bairstow, poor Johnny Bairstow, man. He seems to be in, in some rough form as well. He wasn't even part of the sort of uh, substitute selection of people who were staying in the, in the bubble. So he left the bubble. So yeah, it has to be folks next. But it, well, if it sounds like they're going to keep Butler in, then you know, his time might be in, in, in a different series. I know what I think Butler's time really has to be in this series. I think he's he's really got to get a big score in, in the next test. Or the, you know, we always say that some batsmen are struggling, but I feel yeah. like the way that Denley has reached the end of the road, this test, I feel like this series, that's when Butler, yeah. as Sir said today, yeah. like he's got to demonstrate this quality in a substantial score. Definitely. These fives, these 15s, it's not enough. You can't have that low an average because then the problem is we had quite a long tail. And yeah, Bess, we really did. Um, Bess really went at it. He was positive. He was what we needed. If, if Bess had got you know one or two, we're looking at a really disastrous 160, 170. But Bess stepped up. But then you're always looking, you know, Bess, Archer, Wood, Anderson. That is that is a long tail for me. Um, I, I, feel, I worry about that. I thought that. I thought it was a really long tail. And, and Bess has got a couple scores in him. I think he came in as night watchman once and scored maybe 60. Yeah. Uh, the 49, I think it was. I don't know against who. Anyway, but yeah, it just seems a bit long when we're used to sort of your Moeens or your Chris Wokes coming in there who have got test hundreds under their belt. So I agree. And with Butler out and Nick, that makes the tail look even longer. And when Pope gets out in the first innings, he looked amazing and then gave his wicket away. And then he got out cheaply in the second. It just feels like a really fragile bottom half of the batting order i think one more thing on butler like i think like you said if this was the end of denley's career and everyone kind of felt that i'm happy to give butler this whole series now four innings you know get your head down don't worry about getting um you know uh, dropped and just see what you can do um and then the issues kind of don't help themselves in a butler at 300 for five is much more useful than butler at 150 for five and um, I think if we can get him in at 300 for five and score a quick 40, we'll be a lot happier with 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 him and what he can provide for England. I've got to agree. Um, looking looking at best in that spot, obviously you got 31 again batted well. What did you think? Um, what did you think of his of his all of his all round game, um, Dan? Did you like him as a bowler? Do you think he's consistent enough? Um, dangerous enough. He, he um, in an interview today he said that he felt dangerous in the test that he could have <laughs> more wickets. I like I like the positivity there. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. It wasn't a spinner's pitch. So between 
between um, Bess and Chase, who were, the, who were the lead spinners, that was two wickets each. So it was a fraction of the... Yeah, of the t- Chase didn't get his wickets by, you know, ragging one past the edge. Burns and Denley both gave their wickets away to him by kind of chipping them up to, to fielders. So, Absolutely. yeah, uh, so Bess feels dangerous. That's interesting. Um, were you convinced? Because you saw more of the test, because with the time difference for, for people listening, it is a seven-hour time difference. So <laughs> I... It was basically I'd wake up and we'd be, you know, afternoon uh, towards after the afternoon session, which was a shame. So did you did you see best bowl some long spells? What did you think of that? So I like best. And I think he, he talks like England's number one spinner at the minute. And I don't I wouldn't disagree with him at, at the moment that he is our number one spinner. Um, he, he was great in South Africa um, and he's always kind of chipped in. Right. He's always chipped in. He's, and he's not won a match yet. I think in South Africa, he took the first four wickets in one of their second innings, which is impressive. As for this test, um, like you said, very useful runs. And I think um, with a Wokes or an Alley in the side, he'd probably bat at nine. And he's a great number nine to have, or even an eight. Uh, his bowling is... Jeez, this is hard. He's, he's He never goes for a lot of runs, so he can tie and end up. Big tick. But Le- Jack, Leach can, Jack Leach can do that. Um, I'd say that's probably not one of Moeen's strengths, especially in his, well, we haven't seen him play Red Bull for a while, but the last we saw of him. So he can hold an end, that's good. Um, and he can take useful wickets. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm whelmed by him. How about that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. He's not he's not a flashy bowler, right? I feel like him and Leach, um, obviously both at Somerset, they're very, they have a very similar style. They'll be very, they'll, they'll put it on that spot. They'll they'll wait for the batsman to make a mistake. And you can feel confident that, yeah, you know, his economy in tests is, is 2.35. Like, that is really tidy. That's just what but you want. That's not bad at all. And again, his economy was good in the in, in, in these two innings. Um, But is it the strike bowler? I mean, we are we really, are we really still clutching for the next Graham Swan for that strike yeah. bowler? The I think we are. We've not had a strike spinner for a long time. Moeen, at the start of his career, I felt would come on and do something. Um, so maybe I, I hope there's a place back in the team for him soon because I think that would sort of solve this issue, right? He'd be someone who can come in at eight or seven and he can bat a bit and he's a strike-off spinner. Um, and, you know, we've got Joe Root in the team. He can bowl a bit. His his test average is maybe 40 or 50, but he can he can turn his arm. Um, but, yeah, back to Bess. I just don't think he's a strike bowler. I think, and I think that's an important thing to, to to go for but do we need a strike off spinner in this attack you know or are we happy with good economy chip in with two or three wickets on you know uh, a pretty docile pitch and he, he bowled nicely in that first innings that's it and i think i think he's gonna have to make the case for himself in the remaining two tests like at the end of the day he bowled 10 overs in the in the, in the second innings and he didn't get a wicket when we're obviously aiming to bowl them out again it wasn't a spinner friendly pitch but I I will be very intrigued to see how he does. He's one I'm going to be watching um, closely um, because I think England really is in need of of a spinner that we can rely on to to get those wickets, especially in in scenarios like like the fifth day when we're trying to bowl a team out and I want to give a ball uh, give the ball to someone who I feel confident will grab those wickets. I think Bess has it in him. I'm a big I do really like him. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that Leach um, obviously has had a lot of health issues because I still think at the end of the day. Both, if they're both at full fitness, I, w- I would still take Leach at the minute. I think he has more variation. Yeah, it's interesting that the West Indies have 10 right-handed batsmen in their lineup. That's pretty unheard of. Their one left-hander, uh, John Campbell's an opener, so he might not even be around when Best comes on to bowl. Um, Jack Leach will be taking it away from the right-handers. Um, 
you know, best maybe struggles against the right-handers a little bit more. I think any right, I was a right-arm off-spinner. Bowling against left-handers is so much more fun. You're turning the ball away from them. Yeah. There'll be some rough outside their off stump with with all the right-handers coming into bowl. So, you know, it was tricky for him. And I don't feel as though he was going to be our match winner on day five. I don't feel that that was his role anyway. Um, yeah. I think it had to be an all-round effort because the pitch wasn't turning loads. But quickly back to way back at the start, we're talking about Stokes' decision to 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 bat first, so we bowled last, hoping for a deteriorating pitch, and ultimately only bowled best for ten overs. So maybe he doesn't trust him either. I don't know. He, he's an interesting one. I don't. I want to see more of him. I'm happy to see more of him. Uh, he needs to step up in England, though. I think. I I agree. Um, but it is always nice to see him to see him get that score with the bat as well. Um, he has got that in him, which I, which I really appreciate. Um, and yeah. you need it. Yes, we do. Uh, we've talked a lot. I think we covered the bowlers earlier. We've talked a lot about England. Um, I guess I shift gears and look at West Indies because yeah. like, I was really impressed from top to so bottom. So impressed. I, I don't know about you, but I always see West Indies as, as this side that we should roll over. But then I look at the last two series we played against them and there was that famous test at Headingley in 2017 where they chased 300 plus. Yep. And um, in the Caribbean, uh, I think it must have been February, March 2019, where Jason Holder's double hundred led them to an innings victory. Like maybe that's just me personally, but I think I've underestimated this team. I think they've got a lot to offer. So that first England innings, you know, we're we're looking at Gabriel. What a spell! That's exactly what you want from your from your yeah. quick, aggressive, singing your quick as well. He was he was really singing them in. Um, and Holder, I mean, we. You referenced briefly this this really interesting subplot. That's what I love about test matches because they're so yeah. long, so many subplots just in the background. And one of this them test was, was full of them as well. I think that's what makes it such a good test. It was. So we had we had Holder versus Stokes, and I think overall it's fair to say that Holder Holder came out on top. They obviously both got each other out um, with the ball, um, but he looked good. And as you said, he's not the quickest, but wow, did he really come through and just. Just he, he demolished England's middle order. Yeah, he just comes in from this great height, and you feel like he should bowl it quicker because he's so tall. But they they did a lot on this on the Sky coverage, actually talking about a braced front leg. I'm not into the technicalities of fast bowling, but the fast bowlers come in with this really braced front leg, which means they can chuck it down 90 plus. And Holder just sort of kind of comes in a little bit slower, a little bit of a bent leg, maybe 80 mile an hour, and just puts it in areas that are gonna get batsmen out eventually. Um, He's a great cricketer, and he's got a double hundred, test double hundred under his belt as well. He is. He's he he leads the team, you know, and he leads by example. Like the interviews you see with him, he's clearly a great guy. He clearly cares about about West Indian cricket, um, and I love him. He's got that passion. I think he's really pulling them. They've had this dip, right? They had they had a really barren few decades after after the you know the really classical West Indies team that our parents, for example, will always talk about. Those lethal quick bowlers, those brilliant batsmen. There really was a dip. And I think that's why we had these currently, you know, misguided assumptions about, you know, a lack of quality in there. Because my goodness, they do have quality all across the team. Like I would not want to face that bowling attack. Like if I was an England batsman, I would be really worried. Um and even the players that didn't get wickets necessarily in the first um in the first innings, you know, Kimar Roach is, is a quality player. His economy was really tight. He was going for two point one six. I mean that's really good for a for Yeah, at the start of the first quick. innings he was like he'd maybe bowled six overs for two runs or something. He was just chucking maidens together. He kept the pressure on. Um yeah, and then you look at Gabriel, I mean my goodness, that he got he got his five for which was deserved in the second mm-hmm. innings. 
Um, you could see what it meant to him. Um, and I he just bowled so well. He attacks the stumps. Um, he really goes. He goes full and he goes straight. And I really like that. And I think um, we saw a lot of batsmen get bowled, which I think um, clean bowled, which isn't something you see too often in test cricket, which I think is testament to the lack of play. Yeah, definitely. Nets, the bowlers in the nets in this bubble have got their speeds up. They've got their accuracy. The bowling looked pretty tight from both teams. The batsmen, that little edge, that extra two or three miles an hour, which you might not just get in the nets, showed because there was a lot of people just stumps absolutely splattered by Gabriel. Joseph yeah. came in with some with um with a couple of useful wickets in that in that second innings. And you look at the economies and they're all pretty good. I mean, they're all going around under and around three and over, which is which is what you want. If you want to be a successful test team, you've got to get wickets and keep it tight. And I feel like they really were exemplary in their in their bowling. England, you know, second innings did get 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 a few runs, but apart from Crawley, we had the same problem where we had a lot of starts. Sibley, for example, absolutely that was that was England batting embodied. Gets yeah, his, it, it gets was a tough fifty though. He was he was struggling. It was a workman like fifty, should we say? Was it was he was batted for over 200 minutes um and he really worked for that 50. It was a great innings. Don't get me wrong. Did you but, see that um the eventful over which he in which he got out he uh got his 50 off plenty of balls. I ain't got a problem with that by the way. I'm happy to see that. Um gets clean bowled by Gabriel. No ball. Two balls later tickles one down the leg side and then he goes and I just think it was kind of coming and he's a bit susceptible down the leg side simply but um that was an unfortunate way for him to go. Um, yes, and can we just talk about that for a moment, Dan? DRS umpiring West oh my Indies. Gosh. So this is this is the beauty of this test. Like I was running through um, things to talk, talk talking points this podcast this morning, yeah. and I, we've got a list of ten things because there were so many so, so many issues. Um, umpiring was dreadful. Was yeah. was diabolical in my opinion. I think it the standard. It's easy to criticise umpires. I don't want to just sit here and attack them. I couldn't do it. It's a ridiculously hard job. But I feel the standard DRS is demonstrating, A, how hard a job it is, and B, that the standard isn't at the level it must be. Because there were so many decisions overturned, and mm -hmm. the West Indies were so clever with their use of the review system, which England can't be, which England aren't sometimes. Yeah, I think the fact that they are... Um... I don't know if because they're both they're non-neutral, they're both English because they both had to come from the country uh, that we're hosting it in. And I don't think they're quite at that elite level of um, your Dharma Cena's and your Erasmus's and the umpires you kind of see in the in the big matches. Um, but I, and, and they've interestingly, they gave each team an extra review because of this. Um, each team has three reviews to use across their innings uh, because the both umpires are English, quite frankly. And it was so interesting and so funny. It's classic to see. I think it was the first five decisions. So England batted first. West Indies successfully overturned three LBs that weren't given out. And then move over to West Indies batting. And uh, they overturned two. So people were worried before the test started that these umpires, they're non-neutral. It shouldn't be like this, but we have to get on with it. And they happened to help England out five times. Luckily, the West Indies correctly d decided to review. And it's amazing to see a captain get it so right after Tim Payne got it so wrong this time last year, uh, especially at that test in, uh, at Headingley. Yeah, isn't it extraordinary? And I feel like this really ties in with um, how much how much of a quality captain the West Indies currently have. I mean, Holder, whether it is off his own bowling, whether it is off you know his his bowlers, he really felt confident going for those decisions, and they were so accurate. 
Yeah. Borderline. Oh. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. Seriously. I, the success rate was extraordinary. And that helped, you know, again, we're talking about these these small things that make a difference and these really, really interesting talking points from this test, which it was absolutely bursting full of. But I think the DRS, the use of DRS really swayed this test because if if that success rate had maybe been, you know, two out of five um, or, you know, 20 percent instead of the really, really high percentage rate of success they had in overturning wrong decisions, that really helped secure some of those wickets. Um, what is there anything you think we can do, Dan, to improve? I think you've made a great point with the domestic umpires maybe isn't at the elite level it can be. Uh, is there anything we can do to, to help umpires? Um, because I've been know, a lot recently. I've, yeah, there's been a lot of that. And I think I personally think that DRS and the umpires kind of work in harmony now. They are 50-50 waiting yep. of how this test match is going to go or, you know, it's used in all formats. Um, and for me, it just works. There were more glaring errors in this one. I think for now, we're just going to have to put that down to it being domestic English umpires. Um if this were, you know, not uh, a test during the middle of pandemic, perhaps I'd, I'd be more critical. But I think we can leave that until the the non-neutral umpires, so the neutral umpires are back. Um, I think it works great. I think umpires cool. So you know, a decision that might just clip the top of the stump whilst the umpires giving not out, keep it an umpires cool. It gives yep. the umpire on the field some credibility still because it's it's just a bit touch and go and, and benefit that should go to the batsman so i just think it works in almost perfect harmony to be honest i'm a huge fan of it um teams use it well i think they might have used it a little bit more freely with that extra the extra one they were given to them but gee it was needed so you know i think it all balances out and it it's there to get rid of the howlers and there were a couple and there you go i'm, I'm perfectly happy with it i don't know about yourself yeah, I like it. I, like, I really loved Campbell's um, use of it uh, when he was <laughs> when he was trapped. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong here. He, he was called out wrongly a couple of times, and he still, of course, reviewed the third time he was given and out. He was plumb. He was fully plumb. Oh, at that point, it was, the it, was, it was a great um, celeb appeal um, from Archer, not even willing to look back at the umpire as the thing thudded thudded into his pad straight in front. Um, oh, but there were there were a couple um which you know i wouldn't call it a howler but that's why drs is there dowrich in the west indies fourth innings got a snorter from archer that clipped his elbow it caught his elbow pretty much on the full and there's no way the human eye could make that out at the speed that archer bowls dowrich knew because he felt it come off his elbow and you know the game goes on and it doesn't interrupt the speed cricket's a slow game anyway so yeah, cricket. I think cricket benefits from the fact it's a slow game and why the technology works so well. But it was well used by the West Indies. And like I said, such a stark contrast to Tim Payne, who would just drop that big T as soon as he, yes. as soon as a ball hit a pad and, and um, it cost him a test match. So good to see. Uh, England's, I think, used it similarly. Not as effectively. I don't think quite as many decisions were given against them as such. So used well. And we'll see what happens when the, when the neutral umpires come back. I agree. And again, just it just really comes in ever growing stark contrast to the really blighted rollout of VAR in in, in football without going into it for, for more than a second. <laughs> no, please no. <laughs> There's a consensus in cricket, right? The the Hawkeye, the Snicker, that it works and that it fits the game. And as you said, it benefits from being a slower game. Um and I also think one of the differences between this sport and it, it probably including tennis as well. 
um, you know, using Hawkeye there. I think there is always going to be a decision that's out. Either you hit it or you didn't, or it's hitting the stumps or it didn't. There isn't really much... Um, it's very objective. There isn't much speculation between is it out or not. And I feel like this really benefits a sport like cricket. And we're just seeing technology has really worked well so far in this in cricket. And I'm really happy with that. But we're seeing how it doesn't necessarily copy and paste to other sports. Um, and I think this test really reaffirmed the quality of, of, of appeals. Um, and I think we're thankful that we don't have the mess that other sports such as football um, are in with technology and sport at the minute. It just works. And I think we're all pretty thankful for it as players and fans and probably umpires. Yeah. Uh, umpires, too. And I think it's funny. And some of the commentators mentioned it um, on Sky. They were saying that the umpires look really sort of edgy when there's a review. They're sort of they come together in the middle and they're sort of staring at the screen thinking, oh, have I got that one right? And they walk back to the middle relieved that they it was umpires. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I think we're all happy with it now it's just part of the game i think you know it's it's probably been in for what 10 years maybe and it's it's only helped improve it and the last thing you want to see is a test match spoiled by a howler apart from heading 2019 um in which we're perfectly happy that um i think it was one of the west indian umpires didn't raise his finger to to lion trapping stokes directly in front yes sir that that was uh extraordinary um and was because of prior wasted reviews so it is still tactical right they Uh, still had it they still had the option they decided to waste it so you know we're we're perfect listen i i I don't know why i do this but i always feel like i'm defending england 2019 cricket i'm having to defend the world cup win on on boundary count back and the thing (laughs) flinging off stokes's bat it should have been five it was given six um stokes being trapped in front there headingly i'm constantly defending this it happened get over it whoever I'm speaking to, I think it's myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back to the game, just briefly, I guess, give give me your thoughts on West Indies batting. I I was, I think there's enough, there's enough going on there to be excited. Yeah, they kept saying, I say they, the the media, the mainstream media, excuse me, (laughs) um, I'm going off on one. Uh, I watched mostly the Sky coverage, TMS when I'm out and about. Uh, We're saying that the West Indies have a fragile batting lineup. I think that's mostly because Hetmeyer and Bravo decided not to come on the tour two of their sort of key middle order players. But you've got um, Shea Hope in there who scored twin hundreds at Headingley in 2017. You've got Blackwood who scored that amazing 95, deserved a ton in the fourth innings. Um, you've got Holder who comes in at eight with um, a test double hundred. Uh, Dowrich showed up for the first time in his career in England with, with a useful 60 in the first. Brathwaite at the top of the order hangs in there um he doesn't get the scores but he can hang about for a bit so i think there's like you said there's a lot to be excited about with them and they're going to be it's going to be tough to get 20 wickets that's that's what i think um i mean blackwood is obviously the the player we're all talking about we 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 heard the pre-match previews about his his rogue streak i think that is that he really doesn't necessarily bat a test innings sometimes. In, again, in the first innings, you know, he smacks a shot straight to Anderson of Best. That's what he's got in him. I think that's what people were worried about, but maybe not now after his second innings. Um, yeah, and I read a good piece um, today about how how Blackwood in that second innings, he had Stokes in his ear. He was he was being reminded of he some was. of his previous his mistakes, and lapses in judgment, it's fair to say. But yeah. he just got his head down. I mean, he batted for 228 minutes, his strike rate was still exceptional. Don't get me wrong. 61 in a test is yeah. really... For him, really, that probably felt like 21. Oh, it, it would have felt like slow motion. For him, <laughs> uh, 
but it was a really careful innings. Wasn't no sixes, twelve fours, and he just showed that that little bit of extra quality. And the the head, he had the head to really guide them to that win because you know when when um you know the innings just going over I guess we can drift towards the West Indies second innings now you know those opening overs that opening spell from Archer we all believe this is the absolute yeah. beauty of this cricket it changes in ten minutes and you're looking at um, Campbell getting injured Braithwaite getting four Hope nine Brooks trapped for none and then suddenly you 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 got your Royston chase you got your Blackwood you know, really stepping up to the plate and showing that we're not going to crumble. We are, you know what, we're a, we're a new team. We're a really, really bold team. And we can also see out games. And it makes me extremely excited for these second two tests because England oh. are in future. West Indies are confident. I think they're going to be two cracking games. Yeah, I think if, if, if we get even half of what the first offered, it's going to be great to watch. Um, with what you said about um, that sort of moment as the third innings turns into the fourth, where were you on who was going to win? At that point, I, maybe I'm a cynical England fan. I am a cynical England fan. I was I was backing West Indies. It was a low total. Um, and Michael Atherton on, on commentary kept saying, this is the best day five pitch you could ask to bat on. Where were you at before a ball was bowled in the fourth? Were you England or West Indies or draw even was still an option? That was what's so great about it. I that's you're, you're spot on every option was on the table and it's just one of the unique traits to to test cricket you can watch every minute of four days and still have no idea like, where was, when oh up. the commentators were frothing at the mouth at the start of day five because it just everything was on the table wasn't it it was oh um I think to be perfectly honest going into the innings um chasing 200 I back West Indies because the pitch wasn't yeah. doing it right but um, then they were 28 for three or something right and honestly i text my mate dub incoming put the w next to england we're (laughs) fine here don't know what we were even panicking about um and archer bowled really well really really well and anderson started really tight as well didn't let him get away and then yeah such an unexpected sort of partnership between chase and blackwood that won them the match pretty much i didn't see that coming just that's that was i think the general fans reading was where 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 there's a bit of trepidation coming into this final innings, the wickets fall, you know, 27. Three quick ones. I'm like, this middle order isn't ready for this. Yeah, and they were good wickets, you know. And I, Archer was just, you know, Wood stepped up and was was bowling really quick. And then they were almost, we were almost banishing the ghosts, I guess, of the of the of the first day and saying, this is why we picked these bowlers. They're yeah, quick and yeah. aggressive. At three down, everything made sense. The broad decision, <laughs> batting first. Um, it, everything made sense, and I was like, perfect. We'll be done by four. Um, you know, I'll go out and play golf in the afternoon. Everyone's happy. <laughs> None of that because this, and it's, and especially with Blackwood, because like we just mentioned, his sort of um, want to score quickly and his ability to get out, kind of uh, to kind of give his wicket away every now and again. He didn't, he didn't do it. He didn't that do was... it. He deserved the turn. I was, I was really quite sad for him at that point. I'd given the win. I'd, I'd lost the thought of the win, so I became sad for him to not get the 100 at that, at that point. Um, yeah, and it's just testament to, to the West Indies um, really showing a bit of fight. And yeah, and you know what? I guess the irony was that Black was um, scoring so quickly, it really pushed the game towards a conclusion, right? It's not as if he came in, you know, they're three or four down, and he's thinking, oh, I'm going to get my head down and just bat a game out. Mm. Chance. It was winnable. They needed that as well because the top three had got them in a bit of a rut. They were going, you know, maybe less than two and over. 
and he came in and just played his shots, not in a way that was going to get him out. They were all calculated, and um, all they needed was one big part. We're chasing 200, but they needed one big partnership, and they got that one big partnership with those two guys, and away they went. Chase Chase is an interesting one as well. He comes in with his off spinners and comes in at five to bat, and he's sort of England's kryptonite. He got eight against them last time they played each other, which is still a mind-blowing figure. Um and Burns chipped one to point and Denley flicked one to mid wicket off him. And then he comes in with some sort of nuggety thirties and you're like, That's yes. perfect kind of player that, isn't it? He is he is your quintessential kind of all rounder where he mm-hmm. does a bit of both. He does them pretty well. You know, he can be he can be extremely dangerous with the ball on a turning pitch, um as 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 England have um have shown in the West Indies. Um, and yeah, that 37 was what they needed. Only one boundary in there. He got one four. Um, you know, he batted. He batted for for a couple of hours, over two hours. And again, he just he just really showed a bit of resolve in the middle and made it easier for people like Dowrich and Holder, who were coming in. Obviously, Campbell Campbell came back in after getting injured. Um, and he and he really set the groundwork for a total of 40 to get if you're number seven is way yeah. less intimidating than if you're looking with three figures, if it's 100. 140, if he got out early. So, you know, credit to both of them. And I just think it was unexpected. Um, and I hope now that, you know, and like I said, at the start of the podcast, I think we kind of underestimate the West Indies, especially on our home soil, right? We should be able to get swinging around and they just won't have an answer to it, but they did. And, you know, good for them, man. It's, I think sort of watching the reactions from other cricketers, Coley tweeting, you know, great to see, what a game. People are happy to see the West Indies back playing some really good cricket. And they're, they're not the team they were five, six years ago. They're really not. I would agree. And again, this is this is a Pandora's box, which you won't necessarily get into right now. But didn't it show the case for, for the five-day game? I mean, oh, it yeah. frustrates me when you've got people talking about, you know, four-day test cricket, shorter tests, shorter series. No, you know what? I really want we, we need five days um, because especially in countries like England, you have to allow a bit of time for weather. That is just a fact of it. It's it's rarely going to be the full five days in England. It just isn't in a, even in our summer. Can I come uh, to the weather really quickly? Um, yeah, you know, it's our favourite thing to talk about as Brits, obviously. <laughs> um, right. You've got no fans. I know you've got a test match coming up um, a week from when you start the last one. Old Trafford, so you've got to move. I get that. You know it's going to be raining all day on the start of the day. Just move the test match one over. This is the perfect <laughs> opportunity to, right? You've got no fans coming through the turnstiles. Everyone's at the hotel on the ground. Just say, right, lads, let's just go to Friday, yeah? I don't know. You know, I feel like if they were ever going to do it, it was going to be now. Um, and they didn't. And also with the weather, um, I want to know what you think about this and, and what I just said about just moving the, the rain down. Bad light stop in play. I hate to see that. I get it. It's the rules. Um, but when they come to resume, they'll say, right, we'll start in half an hour from now. Just start now. What's everyone? No one's doing anything else. Just start the game. Get on with the game, as Bumble would say. Just get on with it. Um, and if there's, you know, if there's ever going to be a time to kind of pre- like sort of tweak these little bits that annoy fans, um, and probably the players, the sort of red tape that comes from the ICC, whatever happens, just right, we're ready to play, let's get out. We have to wait half an hour, you come now. Let's move a day away because it's raining. This is the time to try it. They didn't, that annoys me. What do you think? 
I'm going to agree. I mean, it is frustrating. One of those classic things, one of those idiosyncrasies that we all love about cricket is it rains for five hours, they play for ten minutes, and then go off for a drink break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so frustrating. Um, obviously, we've seen a bit of malleability in the game with taking the the early you know breaks and stuff, but yeah. sense has got to prevail. I mean, yeah, take take the rain day. Just do... Do the really simple things that will make a massive difference. The light is always an issue. And you know what? I don't have Jeffrey Ar- Joff Archer coming up to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. I've in, in gloom. Like a gloomy afternoon in Southampton. <laughs> exactly. And again, you know, the, the, the small change there is playing. It's just bowling spin. Um, and I appreciate light is difficult for batsmen. But when you have floodlights... And it isn't that dark, like actually on the pitch. Like, yeah, right. Put 50p and crank the light up a little bit and let's have some exactly. cricket. And we've been waiting for four months. And then... Yeah, the meter should be full. Right. <laughs> exactly. Power. They sponsored us for a couple of years. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure the Aegeus boss wants to buy a power company, which is, can't be a great look for them, kind of, when they're coming off a bad light. But, you know, that's, again, but, you know, you might be right. It's just sort of one of the idiosyncrasies and sort of why we love cricket, isn't it? And we get to talk and moan about it, which is fun. So it's the best maybe part. it's all part of it. Maybe it's the ICC's great plan to keep us all <laughs> interested in talking about cricket. Uh, but, yeah, I thought, you know, now was the time to do it if they were, and they didn't. Right, should we quickly sum up? Why did England lose that? And how are you looking forward to the next test? You know, caught a bullet point why we lost that test. Uh, there's a lot to go on. You know what? I think something we didn't mention in Blackwood's 95 is that he was, there were a lot of them were half chances, but he was dropped. Yeah. We threw Which down a few. I, was to I think we could have, if we'd, uh, I think it was run out chance, Crawley fumbled, Butler dropped one, my favourite man, uh, and Burns let one go through his hands. Catch them, do we win the match? Catches, catch, catches win matches, Glenn. Yes. No, they do. Um, so there was sloppiness. There was the really, I guess, the contested build-up, which was, which didn't put us on the front foot. You can, yeah, you can talk about the toss. I agree with you when you say, regardless, we need more than 204. Get, get some more runs on the board and just be a little bit more ruthless. I mean, you know, what? West Indies got a good, a good first total. We almost got identical store, scores. Um, yeah. Their first innings, our second. It was a 300 pitch, right? Um, mm-hmm. it was, and listen if we have those extra 100 runs to play within the fourth innings and they're chasing 300 they get bowled out um i don't take anything away from the west indies sort of you know we have spoken about how good they were and they were very good but i still think that was england's it was england's game to win and they didn't win it but it was also west indies game to win and they, and they did win it so but it was just a great it was a great test and i think we're kind of picking picking holes in what was a really good five days or four yeah. Um, and looking ahead, so with the quick turnover, hopefully we're going to get this um, published on Wednesday and the, the next test will be starting the day after. So it'll be a really quick turnaround. Um, would your change, um, Dan, would you keep it the same, but it would be a straight swap for Root and Denley? Or would you be looking at the bowling as well? Where yeah. Let me give you what I'd like to see and what I think I'll see. Uh, I think Root's in for Denley, Crawley's pushed up to three. Yeah. And then I think I think Broad's bought in for no, I'm doing what I want to see. I want to see Butler out for folks. So I want uh, Burns, Sibley, Crawley, Root four, Stokes at five, Pope at six, Folks seven, Bess eight, 
and then I want to see I probably still want to see Archer Wood Anderson for what an old Trafford pitch should offer and then what I think I'll see is Butler still in and Broad come yeah. in for one of Wood or Archer I honestly couldn't tell you which one they're going to drop um, and like I said at the start of the podcast I think they're only doing that off, off the reaction of the public and off Broad whereas maybe it isn't actually that suitable on the flip side I think they're going to spin it to the press as we're always going to rotate our bowlers for rest issues so one of Wood or Archer is going to go and they're going to say oh they need a rest that's what I think is going to happen but I'd like to see folks come in but I don't think you will what about you you've read my mind there I would give Butler this series I think I think he he, he is I don't want to say necessarily deserved it but I think he's in the team now let's just let's just keep him in there let's can he give us um Bess uh yes I would I would assess the pitch you know, we, we kind of touched on it earlier. Root isn't, you know, a frontline spinner. He's so handy as your backup spinner. He, he he makes things happen. But it's usually a full toss as opposed to a spell of really tight bowling. Although I do think he's really tidy. It would be fascinating to see them drop best, play the extra seamer and use Root as their primary spinner to bowl, I don't know, 10 overs in innings. If they only use best for 10 overs, I think Root could do that. I can see it, and you know, in the in England's first innings, um, West Indies used four seamers that they didn't they didn't need Chase. Chase um, is a part timer anyway. Really, it's not part timer. That's kind of that's very harsh, me. But he's not a front liner, you know. He's there mostly for his batting. Maybe we so, could do that this test. That would be interesting. I think, yeah, I think that would work. But again, I think it would be a little bit harsh on Bess, especially as he said he's so dangerous. It would be a shame. He is so dangerous right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would. I don't know what we'd do with the bowling. I think maybe broad for Wood. I don't think two wickets is enough. Again, it's harsh on Wood. I'm a massive fan of his. There's no easy answers. And that is... That is one of the joys of having a lot of good bowlers at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's we, a problem to have. We do have a wealth of fast bowlers. You think Chris Wokes is missing out, and he's a great bowler. I don't think he's an Old Trafford kind of bowler. So, yeah, I, I think we're both on the same page of broads coming in. It's really hard to pick which one for. I doubt it, Anderson, because if he's fit, you play him, right? Um, so, yeah, one of Wood, I think Archer's second inning start to the innings will, will help him retain his place. Yes. Um I like the idea of four seamers now you've mentioned. I didn't even think of it. Yeah, it's an interesting so one. You um, best that much, right? You maybe bowled 25 times. Quite a lot of overs for Root to bowl. He, he, he did the thing that we said earlier in terms of keeping down and keeping it tight, allowing... Root, and then won't, he Root won't tie an end down. So no. you can't ask him to do that. You go four seamers and Stokes, there's your five-man bowling attack. I'd be happy with That's that. That's true. I, I think you're right. I I, of, I often just forget Stokes because he's such an incredible batsman. I do yeah. often. Well, he came in before in the first innings. Interesting stat. I think it was um, first game as captain. I can't remember the two because it's a really loose stat. But his 43 and 4 for 40 odd was the best haul by a captain uh, ever, I think. A de- a debut game as captain. His bowling does go under the radar slightly. It does. And it's always one of those things whereby. How long can he keep it up with his fitness? Probably yeah. not. But because he, he pushes his body so hard, he really, and really. Because we rely with him so much with the bat, you don't want to overdo him with the ball, and then you know his batting form drops. He's a, he's an interesting one to try and handle. Yeah. So yeah, oh, a lot. Seamers. Maybe eh? Maybe we've called an absolute a, a really good shout there. There's a case for it. There's a really good case to be made there. And you said from that Guardian piece, the butler's likely to still be in. That they're normally pretty savvy with their team pools okay we're in the bubble i think someone 
he averages another stat for you test wicket keepers from the other test playing nations over the past 18 months have averaged somewhere around 60 very high uh, it, that's kind of an anomaly um but it's over a decent period of time butler in that same period averages 18 with the bat and that you need your keeper to be averaging 35 odd and i know i've had it out for him this whole podcast and i, I do to be honest so there <laughs> it is. that's the end of that i'm not going to say i'm not going to butt that that's it that's it so but like you said i'm i'm I think you're right to be given the series, and I'm not. I'm happy to give him the series, but I'm ready for such change personally. Yep, I like that. I like that a lot, and I'm really looking forward um, to the next test. It's going to be great. I'm going to try and wake up a bit earlier and actually catch a what few more. What time can you can realistically wake up, and what time will that be on on English time for the for the for the cricket? Eight o'clock. Eight. Eight o'clock would be about two three. Again, it's a shame because I, I do love a good morning session, but yeah, I'm going to try and make it up. And make sure I get the full final session. Yeah. Uh, settle get yourself down. up after tea. And you've got a nice two and a half hours there. There you go. Got TMS overseas, so that's always nice. Makes me feel How does like that home. work? Because I thought you couldn't get BBC Radio abroad. They do a special one. They do a special oh, TMS oh, overseas. Um, so homely. It's great. And that innings, you know, we were talking about the those tests. And if you remember when Stokes batted that most extraordinary innings last summer in the in the test match, um, yeah. many of us have ever seen. I listened to that live in Denver on TMS overseas. So I'll oh. be forever thankful for it. Oh, um, that's yeah, great. technology. I'm very, very happy. Um, uh, predictions for the test then, if we just to, to round this off. Great question. I would say England to shade this one. I think Root's going to score. 50 um i think if broad comes into the team he will be furious and he will get wickets i think it could be a big england win and then i think the third one will be an absolute 50 50 um but that's not that's not to do a disservice to the west indies i just think england will be even more fired up and a little and extremely frustrated with the way this test went down could be wrong but at the minute i would say uh, a big performance from england and it may be an equally as good one for west indies um but i think england are going to shade this I think I agree with you. I don't think West Indies are going to play bad, but I think Root coming back, uh, Broad coming back angry uh, is going to be enough to see England win pretty comprehensively off their own good work rather than the West Indies' bad work. So, And that, like you said, will set up a brilliant third test, hopefully, where everything's everything's left to play for. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Cal Corner, our podcast, we're going to be um uh, releasing an episode a day or two um after each test match so there'll be one to check into early next week after the second test and yeah we're just basically just trying this out seeing how it works um we are we'll, we'll try. we've got plenty of cricket to keep up with so there's an ogi series against ireland that should be a bit of fun county cricket comes back on the first of august um we can roughly keep our eyes on that we once tried fantasy county cricket i think two years ago on <laughs> the telegraph do not waste your money on that um <laughs> as much as it was a fun idea so we'll chat a bit about county cricket yes. and um yeah we're just gonna kind of keep up to date on the cricket and just enjoy what we've got of the english cricket uh, english cricket in summer do you want to end on tweet of the week because there was a cracker this week wasn't there glenn yes well remembered um yeah so we have got um tweet of the week which is basically our favorite cricket related is perhaps generous yeah something around cricket is very loosely attached a mild association with cricket so the winner this week is george de bell who is a excellent journalist for espn who covers cricket and this is his tweet of the week 
<laughs> we, we, need a, we need a little jingle in there or something right it's the like little birds going or something we need a jingle before and after uh, i'm going to imagine one jingle <laughs> as a sport journalist i've witnessed a fair few displays of outstanding athleticism and stamina but the couple oh how i hope it's a couple in the hotel room next to me are something else <laughs> brilliant brilliant man and he's in the bubble with everybody else man he's in the journalist bubble he's in the hilton at the Aegeus bowl who is it <laughs> i said it was joss butler and ed smith but i've already had it out for joss butler too much this match so i don't want to i don't want to go to him anymore great stuff oh, well it's I, been can i um oh, sorry Dan, can i just just follow up on that yeah. i just scrolled down the tweet and someone said literally word for word are you not in a biosecure bubble there can't be too many couples who work at the cricket can there i spy a scandal and george replied oh he's yeah in, he's in the outer bubble oh okay <laughs> he's in the outer bubble you think a journalist of his uh, pedigree would be in that inner bubble with aggers and athers and nasa no. and all them He's in the outer one. So okay. everything is so, all to play for in the outer bubble. Total free for oh, all. Oh, yeah. It's just carnage in the outer oh, bubble. So. What's the outer bubble? Is that just the rest of society? Or is there just sort of this intermediate? I He says, he says, um, just in case anyone still listening does care, I'm intrigued. Um, I'm in. Every five days, screen twice a day, and he wears masks and social distances. Unlike the couple next door, he's social distancing. <laughs> But they can leave each evening. So who knows what was going on there. But it's a cracking story and a good tweet. Very good. Very good. Right. What a wonderful way to end it. Um, (laughs) Thank you for listening. This has been Cal Corner. Uh, We'll see you next week for the review of the second test. Thank you so much for listening. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.